Too many families have been affected by mental health. This system and this country has affected us mentally. We are all in this together. Let's end the stigma. Mental health matters. 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 This podcast is presented by EJ Media Studios. My name is Henry, a.k.a. Hendall. And it's your girl, Kay Shanae. This is Culture Connect. Culture Connect. Welcome back, family. We're back with part two of our continuation of Mental Health Matters. Today, we have a special guest, Darren Carter, the founder and owner of Innovative Customs. Uh, man, a great guy. Uh, we go way back, uh, a few years back, working at Nike. Um, glad to have you on today, man. We're going to start it off with um, just speaking about mental health. Uh, so let the people know who you are. All right. Um, well, like Henry said, my name is Darren Carter. Um, I guess, you know, me and him, we started working at Nike together. I honestly did not think uh, it would turn out like this and you ever be involved in podcasting. But I think I remember saying one time, I mean, man, you got a radio voice. So it makes sense. But um, other than that, uh, like you said, I'm I'm grateful to be on here. I thank you for the opportunity to, to talk about mental health because it's, it's very important, especially at a time like this, you know. Definitely so, man. And we definitely appreciate you having uh, time out of your day, man, to speak with us, man. So we're going to start it off. Um, what are your thoughts on the psychological difficulties in the black community? Man, that's that's a heavy question right there. Like, honestly, I think it's it's strange because you would think in 2020 that we wouldn't have to deal with anything psychological in our communities. But this year alone has reminded us that I don't think we've really advanced too far from how we were, let's just say, back in the 60s, even though most of us weren't born then. But uh, I follow history a lot, and I just feel like it seems like when you, when something happened to us back in the day, psychologically it's carried over. Like that could just be simply not knowing information on how to uh, move forward in life. So you see that a lot now because obviously the pandemic has kind of made it to where people are in the survival mode. Which let's just be real, most of us as black people stay in survival mode, do we not? Right. Right. So you would think that for the most part, we should all be, you know, this is normal. So we should know how to go out, get what we have to get. But I think it also exposed a lot of what's happening and a lot of, you know, gaps in what we really have resourcefully, if that makes sense. You know, a lot of us don't have the same resources. So when things like this happen, it's almost like, you know, we end up, it just brings us a lot of the things that people talk about to the forefront. And I, I tell people all the time, like, if you're not preparing every single day to make sure that things like, I mean, cause things like this will happen. I didn't think something like this would happen, but you have to prepare mentally to be in times like this, because if we only, let's just say for instance, the racial wealth gap, we only have 1% of the nation's wealth. And that's the same number that has been since slavery. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like when you think about that and everybody wants to kind of minimize that part of it, it doesn't matter how many people are entertainers and rappers. 
the real issue is the fact that we don't have the resources that we need today to get ahead, let alone to be in this type of survival mode. So psychological difficulties to me, like, I, I feel like they've never gone anywhere. I think they've been masked very well. I think the entertainment industry has made it seem as if, you know, when your kids or a person goes and gets the NFL uh goes to the pro or pro, let's see the NFL or the NBA or somebody becomes a singer or something like that, that, oh my gosh, we've made it. But we've been entertaining people for a long time. Right. The only difference right. was we just didn't get paid. We didn't get paid to do it. So when you take, I don't even think it's 1% of people that make up the black people as far as entertainment goes. So when you take that other 99% of us and say, well, man, you know, what's really going on? You know, now I think a lot of it's been exposed that we got a lot of issues, and especially, like I said, psychologically. That alone shows that we can't go do the same things. We can't, you know, if I can't go out and, and hand my kids something tangible that was inherited, then I right. then psychologically that's gonna make me feel a certain type of way. So to me, I don't think that has ever gone anywhere. I just think personally it has been very well matched to make us think that we've made it and we have it. Exactly, man. And and that's the thing that um a lot of us we don't really pay close attention to of uh, the things like you're saying that has been masked over time, over decades. Um, especially within our communities. And just speaking on our communities, how do you feel the Black community can understand the barriers of mental health? Well, we got to stop ignoring it. I think, again, it's been masked very well. And most of us, we're from the South, so we're in the Bible, but we grew up in church. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but it wasn't a choice as far no. as going to church. You know, you you going to no. get up you know, it's like, hey, when Sunday came, I don't care if you church. got all night. Thank you. You were going to be in church, point blank period. It was not, we, it was not, you had to be there. So yeah. that in itself, and don't get me wrong, church is, um, to me personally, very pivotal in the man I became today. Because going through certain, uh, going through certain struggles and having that foundation to be grounded helped me to do what I'm doing today. But it also, it's a lot of things I saw as I got older and I was like, well, hold on. You know, we take, if we take this religion and use that as a, a deterrent for real mental health, that's not gonna fix our problems. Now, a lot of people prey on folks in religious settings that really do have very, very bad mental problems. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we've been taught growing up that, oh, you know, okay, baby, just go in, go pray about it, go do this, go do that. But I'm like, I don't think we understand it. Naturally, if you've been constantly had to go through certain things psychologically, whether it's growing up in certain households, uh, whether it's what you see every single day, because, I mean, me personally, I didn't have to grow up, let's just say, in an environment where, where it was very chaotic. That's, you know, my family environment and my, you know, environment as far as surroundings go. 
but I got friends that grew up in places where, you know, they talk about PTSD and I'm like, you know, kids are seeing people getting killed on a normal basis. To them, that's normal. So when you look at all of that and you say, okay, we'll just go to church and, and everything's going to be okay. I'm like, it's like putting a bandaid on an open wound. So what do you think is going to, you know, I feel like people should stop trying to make light of a very, very serious situation. Right. And really, you know, there's it's so many of us that are very smart. I know plenty of people right now that are therapists and, you know, they do all type of therapy, whether it's kids therapy, psychotherapy, it's so many avenues in that. But, it's, you know, it's taboo. We feel like uh-huh. we oh, don't talk about it. You know, if, if you're the type of person that's going through something in your life, we're, we've always taught to just look over it, look past it. You know, it'll be okay. But right. a lot of us don't realize it gets worse. It definitely does. And, and also, uh, the lack of access to appropriate and culturally responsive mental health care in our community as well uh, is a major factor because you got to think about it. We deal with prejudice, racism uh, in our daily environments. And just to speak on how you were saying about uh, like things are being masked, also the historical trauma in our communities by the hospital and medical field, people don't understand how that really affects like the community as well. Because, you know, a lot of us as black people, we don't, we don't put our trust into like anything when it comes to the medical field, as far as talking to a psychiatrist, because we feel that, you know, why am I going to talk to somebody who doesn't look like me or I don't know about what I'm going through? You know what I mean? So that's very important you touch on. Uh, Research suggests that adult black are 20% more likely to experience serious mental health problems, such as major depression, uh, generalized anxiety disorder. What are your thoughts about this research method? 20%, right? Right. I think it's higher than that. Uh I think it's way higher than that. And the reason I say that is because you, again, we we look at studies. Studies is that they take the control group and they say, okay, we're going to study 500 people but look at how many people you're missing people that go and just the simple fact that i know being black in the united states of america should tell me enough that i would say that number is roughly closely close to 80 percent if not even higher than that simply mm-hmm. as this it's the fact of being black alone and some people say that you know we kind of use that statement as a crutch, but it's the truth. It's when you have to go out every single day, you're going to get treated differently because of how you look. But when you put black on top of something, there's a whole other treatment involved in that. Right. Yes. You do have to work harder to get things. You know, you do have to, uh, you know, you got to go out and do a lot more, but sometimes less. And it's not like, again, like I touched on earlier, it's not like you got resources to turn around and say, okay, well, I can fall back on this and my parents left me this and they gave We don't have that. And it was already set up well before time, before we even got here that, okay, we're going to make sure that you don't have any resources to fall back on. So when you constantly have to, like I have kids now, so 
I look at it as, okay, we always use that term, I want to break a generational curse. And I'm like, okay, is it a curse or is it a setup? Because if you if you approach it from the curse standpoint, it's almost like, okay, you're using the wrong tools to get rid of this thing. You got to look at this thing from a systematic standpoint. Um, and I know Henry, you know, of course, we, we talk about David Gunn in the God Box, Dr. Claude Anderson. You know, I read a lot of his books. Um, and he talks a lot about the fact that we as Black people don't really understand where we stand. You know, you throw social media into it and you everybody thinks, oh, because we don't have to walk outside every day and deal with what our grandparents dealt with and our parents, that we're good. And I'm like, no. The real, I honestly, I feel like we're a lot worse off than they were. And the reason I say that is we may not have to necessarily worry about the violence from the same standpoint, but the economic structure that we don't have and it's getting mm-hmm. very, very wide, meaning that if the middle class gets cut out and all you have are rich or poor, where do you think that leaves black people? Exactly. Exactly. So I, when I see these type of numbers and somebody says 20%, I'm like, no, you got to go higher than that. Because right. when you say 20%, to me personally, do you got a lot of people that's going to really take 20% seriously or would they take 80% seriously? Right. That's why I say we... That information to me is very, and that's, that's another thing. Look at all the information that's out there and are they really reporting the right stuff? You know, are you really right. telling people what, you get what I'm saying, Kay? Like, are you really yeah. telling people what's the truth behind what's happening to black people? I mean, not just saying, I mean, I know we can look at 2020 alone and see what's going on. I mean, it's been a very, very draining year for a lot of people. You know, and I tell folks all the time that, you know, I've been blessed to, to be able to support my family and I've made strides right now, but it's almost, I almost feel bad because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm watching people every single day that I, that look just like me have mm-hmm. to go through that type of stuff. So it's like, you know, what do you do when you, when you feel hopeless and helpless to help people, which again, that's why I told Henry, you know, I wanted to get on this platform with y'all because people need to hear this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's time that we stop looking at things from a perspective of, oh, well, it ain't got nothing to do with me. So it is what it is. But it, it's a matter of time for all of us are directly affected by all of this. I agree. I feel like there is a lack of communication when it comes to this topic in the Black household. We got to talk about it in order to resolve the problem. There's, You know what I mean? We can't, like you kind of touched on, we can't just keep sweeping this under the rug and just being like, you know, oh, so-and-so is, they'll get better, just pray for them. No, like that person may actually need help. And there's help out there that people aren't acknowledging because they may not feel comfortable in opening up with someone that they don't trust. And that kind of brings me to the next question. Like, as you said, there's a big lack of information when it comes specifically uh, to the black community on mental health. And the different negative views just within our own households and our own culture and our own families. I, I don't know about y'all, but I've heard of my family. You know, we don't need what happens in this house stays in this house. We all right. we got to stop doing that. My, my next question is, how do we do a better job of changing that? Well, you just 
you just hit it right on the head. You got to communicate. You got to communicate with the right information. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, just think. I mean, if you go look at most of 2020, it's been, it's been a ton of information, but just information that don't hold any truth. But that's damaging, though, know, because the minute you tell somebody, hey, just go pray about it, but yet they need medication or they need psychotherapy or they need to see a psychiatrist. You get what I'm saying? And right. I'm saying people got to understand that you don't have a lot of time to deal with a lot of these mental health problems. Meaning that if you don't approach it from a sense of urgency, like a, that type of standpoint, a lot of the bad things tend to happen. You could see that, for instance, like I said, being a, you know, I've got guys or friends that just because they went through certain things in their life growing up, obviously it determined the path that they were going to go down now. Now, does that mean that that person wasn't good? No. But the fact that you got a lot of people that don't receive genuine love at home, so they go out and they look for that love in other places that can be, you know, now, of course, you know, social media is big. So a lot, you got a lot of people that seek that validation through the internet. Um, and then in real life, you know, some people just, they tend to react to things a lot uh, less. Let's just say, I feel like when it comes to a man and let's say if he didn't have, you know, that proper love from mom or something like that, they tend to be a little bit more uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, just very on edge. Like, they can't take certain things happening to them. Because here's the thing, you gotta look at it like, again, as a black man, you know, of course, you can't speak. I can speak on black women, but I'm not a black woman. So I'm gonna try to keep it from my perspective. As a black man, you're already going to have to deal with certain things you don't know anything about starting as a child. So if you're not given the proper resources and the proper love and tools to know how to handle yourself, even in situations where it may not be your fault, it can really put you in bad position. And I've seen it over and over and over again. And sometimes I'm like, all right, can can I blame that person? You know, because you can't help how you're raised. We don't have any control over that. Right. But, again, if the information is correct, that somebody chooses to give you. So, say, for instance, if, if I chose to say, hey, Henry, you know, I think you should really look at doing this, and that's coming from a place of wanting to see him move forward, then I want to make sure the information I'm giving is correct. But you got a lot of people that say, well, you know what? Forget Henry, you know? It's all about what I want. And not realizing that, okay, you may not help this person, but it's going to indirectly affect you at some point in time. Yeah. So that's why I say, like, you have to look at it from the standpoint of making sure that the information you choose to give the people you care about is correct. Meaning if you know for a fact your friend is out there doing things they shouldn't be doing, and the only thing you tell them is to go to a church and to pray about it. That's not what you get. What I'm saying, like you got. I get exactly what you're saying. You can be right. spiritual. You can be religious. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm very religious. Right. I always I pray every day when I wake up. I thank right. God for everything. That's fine. But there's sometimes I like I've always said, God puts people here to heal for a reason. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? So I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I was just watching a podcast with um, T.I.'s podcast, Expeditiously. Uh And he was speaking with Charlemagne the God. And they were talking about the same thing. We're talking about having the conversation about mental health. And Charlemagne Uh said something that just really stood out to me. He said, we are the first generation who truly has the luxury of healing. No one before us even had that. I mean, it was there, but it was... Nobody was talking about that. It really wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? It wasn't, people weren't trying to talk to anybody about their problems. They were told to suck it up or this is just life, you know? And I took what he said as we do have the power to turn this thing around. As you just said, instead of us just telling somebody to just to go to church, how can you help them? Don't just put them off on the church. Do your part. So I I definitely agree. Um, And kind of switching into another um, avenue of something that you said, you uh, mentioned systematic oppression. Where do you specifically feel like that kind of affects the mental health? (laughs) To me, it's the root. You know, it's right there. It's crazy because, like, systematic oppression is, is weird. It's almost like you... It's like air. You you know it's there, but you can't see. Mm-hmm. Right? You know it's it's all around you every single day, but you technically it's like, well, man, okay, I'm progressing, but yet I still don't see a lot of change in the whole as a unit. So it's like, okay, one or two of us makes it, and a hundred of us don't make it. That's mm-hmm. not a win to me, you know. So, and I, I the one question I always ask myself is. Like, why us? What was it about right. us that made them want to do You get what I'm saying? Like, to me, I, me personally, Same I'm like this. If I chose to, because I look at it from a bully standpoint, if I chose to say, okay, well, I'm going to bully this person. Obviously, there's something about that person that I like so much. I don't want to admit that I like it, but I'm right. going to try to tear that person down. So yeah. when I look at, you know, they chose us to be slaves. They chose us to do all of these things. And like I said, when you look at the silver lining, we learn how to do so many different things because of what we went through. Right. right. So you fast forward time and you say, okay, well, you had grandparents, great grandparents, and our parents that had this work, you know, they, they were working. But you fast forward time, you look at year 2020 and it's like, what happened to that mentality. Yeah. Now it's like, you know what? I, I mean, I'm going to try to get it as fast as I can through any means. You know, even if I have to step on the person next to me, that's what I'm going to do. Right. That's how the mentality has been. Like, however I can get to the top, um, yeah, if I got to step on your neck, step on your toes, however. And that's very important to speak on, DC, because... Um, Things now are very different from how they were back in the day when our grandparents and parents were coming along. Like now it's more so if it's all about me, you know, like I don't even, some people like got the, the mind frame that, man, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm up, you know, I got money in my bank account. I don't care about these other black people who are not working during the pandemic. That's, it's not affecting me and my family. That's the mentality, right. man. It's, and it's sad. But you bro. just said it. That. Again, remember I said it's, it's there, but sometimes we don't notice it. That's systematic oppression. 
that was that was way back before all of us was born. But why are we still doing the same thing and we didn't even go through that? Right. That is how powerful systematic oppression is. It leaves it almost rewires or hardwires the mental state of mind that guess what? There's not enough. When yeah. honestly, there's plenty. But if you tell somebody every single day that you know what, hey, it ain't enough for y'all, it ain't enough for y'all, you know, you gotta get you know, it's gonna create this huge demand and then you're gonna look at the person next to you like, I don't know. Instead of saying, well, hey, how can we work together to build up what it is we're trying to build? Mm-hmm. So it's, to me, systematic oppression is, it was one of the most, I hate to say it this way, but it, it was one of the most genius things that you could do to put mm-hmm. a culture in a very, very bad place. Yeah. Right. And another thing that we, we can't forget either is, is how, uh, everything we're dealing with systemic racism uh, alone, everything that we have to deal with when we walk outside of our homes and going to a job or going just to any uh, environment where you're around others and you have to, you know, stand strong and you have to stand out um, as far as to, to make a difference for only yourself so that you can have self-progression. Um, everything that we deal with outside of that gives us mental health issues as well, uh, such as, you know, like uh, generational trauma being bio- uh, biologically passed down to us uh, mm-hmm. from our parents, things that they have faced. Uh, so, man, that's very important to touch on. Very, very yeah. important. A lot of people don't even realize that, again, is you know, you got to look at it from, like I said, scientifically, yes, it can be passing things that your parents and great grandparents went through psychologically. It's like a fear. Things that you ever thought about phobia, like your mom can have a phobia of cats, and you had the same phobia, but you've never experienced cats the same way. How is that possible? Because right. you can hardwire things within yourself, so when you have kids, they may experience some of those same things, mm-hmm. and that's how mental health works. It. You know, nine times out of ten, a lot of these clinical things they talk about from bipolarism, narcissism, um, dissociative identity disorder, you know, you all these things roll into one and then you look at our community and say, well, man, they left us unchecked. You know, and a lot of that to me was just part of, you know, prison pipeline, things like that. You know, I feel like especially with the men, of course, even when you put the women in, why, why else would you create a system and say, hey, we'll put you on welfare as long as the men aren't involved? Right. Separation. Right. Separation the house, separating the household. You don't want us to conquer. And, and you touched on that. They know we're great. They know what we can do. Right. But they also know that we're not as strong when we're separated. So that was the whole point of welfare and child support and um, low income housing. All of that, they tried to make it seem like, oh, we want to help the women that need to help, you know, help to take care of their kids. It wasn't to help them. It was to split us apart. Right. And it's like you said, you take the man out of the household. And I'm telling you. Again, you get what you get right now. And I say that because. You know, I've been, like I said, I know you see the stuff behind me, but 
it wasn't always like this. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of that, I'm right here right now because of a woman that believed in me. And that's simply just belief. You know, so that right there mentally, like you talk about mental health, the fact that a woman believes in, let's just say, a black woman believes in a black man, that mm. in itself holds a lot of weight. Like I mm. said, why else would somebody work that hard to split that apart if it didn't have power? Right. You get what I'm saying? And exactly what you're saying. If you, keep, if you keep those two entities always arguing, fighting, doing this and not realizing that, hey, you know, I know, you know, now it's more this cliche term of the king and the queen thing, but I'm telling you, when when two people realize what they got, and again, like I said, a black man and a black woman, it's, it's some powerful in that. I mean, we're the only race that can make money. A black woman can produce any type of child. <laughs> light skin, dark skin, any type of hair. That right there should tell you on a genetic level there's something about her. Go back to Henrietta Lack. Her cells today are responsible for almost 90% of the cancer research today. Mm. Come on now. So when you, when you look at that, but yet you teach a black man that, okay, the woman that he looks at that looks like him has no value, what do you think that's going to do? Right. And that has been... That has been the primary focus from day one. And all I tell people now is that, okay, for the first time, we got technology. You can put information out there to help people understand. Now, psychologically, the part is, again, when you go back to when um, Harriet Tubman was free and slave, she also said that I would have freed a lot more of them had they known they were actually enslaved. Hmm. Okay. Some people, Come on now. Some people was some people was comfortable. They was they was like, hey, right. I'm fine. But you, you fast forward to 2020. We got people that's comfortable inside this house. We got people yeah. that's comfortable just on the same low level and don't want to strive for more. And it's not saying that okay, yes, striving for more comes with work and everything else, but yeah. if you always look at yourself from a perspective of oh, okay, I'm I'm nothing more than this. That's yeah. all you're going to ever be. And if nobody's telling you any different, if you don't go see differently, like it's, it's a lot that goes in just not just the mental part, but the imagery you see every single day. Yes, yes. They, they work very hard to make sure that you and I are going to look at, I mean, again, just look at the internet today. You scroll down Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and I'm telling you, you're going to see some of the craziest stuff. <laughs> when we turn, when, when we get to like, I'm serious. Like, I'm. It's it's crazy to me. I'm like, man, you know, we're the first generation to pioneer the internet. Mm-hmm. That's you, because now you got you got so much. Like I said, it's it's a blessing, and at the same time, it's a curse. Yeah, yeah. I'm to buy all these books, skip over tons of college tons of debt, and I can figure out what I need to figure out to build whatever I need to build. Yeah. But if mentally, I look at reading as, you know what, what's the point of doing that? I just need to make money. You know what I'm saying? Well, oh, well, forget that. All I need to do is be seen. And I'm like, all of these things correlate to create what you see right now in the black culture. You see the most powerful culture on the planet. Go, I put it this way. 
if you took us out of the picture, statistically, economically, the United States cannot stand. We crash. We crash. Because the bond power that we got is so big, the entertainment alone, majority of it comes from us. And that's not even talking about, you know, I'm big on science. So I tell people, y'all don't realize how many inventors or how many things came from us. But yet it's kind of a lost thing because we're not teaching our kids to say, hey, you know, instead of telling them to go bounce the ball and do all this stuff, show them some science. Show them mm-hmm. some math. You know, uh, rest in peace to um, Chadwick with Boston, uh, Charlie. Yeah. Listen, that last thing, to me, the ending scene in Black Panther was the most powerful. Right. Did you see what he did? He started Dang. a STEM project. He bought every building in that neighborhood and told them, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a science, math, study, so everybody know how big it is. I mean, think about it. That world that they talked about could have been real. Right. Economically, we understood how powerful we are. You know, I don't even say we were, we are. Because that didn't just come out of somebody's imagination. That exists at some point in time. But if people don't know that stuff and they can care less about that, it's like, well, that's just fake. I'm like, no, it, that place was real. You can go look at Wakanda. And honestly, that was after one point in time. So I usually tell people, if you erase that out of somebody's mind, when you replace that with what you have today, you get this very, like, it's crazy to me. Because I, just, I sit here and I see like, man, okay, here we are in one of the best times as far as information and technology goes, but we don't even realize. Mm-mm. Oh, we're wasting it, you know. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad, truthfully, that y'all are doing what y'all are doing because you don't have a lot of people that's putting the right information out there. And I keep saying that only because I feel like for the first time we got a chance to break out of that cycle of the same thing. Now. I get it, you know, when all of the resources are mostly being bought up and trading hands. And, and I got a book called The Outliers, okay? This book shows you every major billionaire on the planet was born at a certain time period. And most of these, I think it was during the 1950s. 1950 to 1960, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, all of them. But if you also look at that time period, where were black people? What were we doing? You know, Fine. so you have to, there you go. You know, we, we were like trying to still figure things out because if you go look at the Freedmen's Bank that was started right after slavery, right? Right. That free, that bank, all of the money that slaves, I mean, they come out in today's time that all of that money could have been billions. Mm-hmm. They took it. Now, when you take those resources, now the infrastructure you stand on today was built off of that. So now it's like we fast forward and I'm like, okay, well, we should be thinking like they were thinking when they came out of slavery. How do we pull resources together? I mean, because again, for the first time, just like we're doing now, you're in a different place, him is in a different place, I am, but yet we're right here together 
trade valuable information. So right. you get everybody to do the exact same thing and say, okay, well, hey, look, and that's what they're afraid of. I'm going to be honest. That's what a lot of people are afraid of. So they keep you dumb to that and they want you to think that, you know what, all the black women for is showing a butt and all this stuff on the internet. All the black men is for just going to jail, having babies, not taking care of his kids. And I, I just, that is the furthest thing from what I know a black man is supposed to do. Right, right. And this is all based on, like you said, what you're seeing on social media. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that we have the power to take this social media and all these different avenues that we now have and really use them to promote black excellence. But instead, we're promoting something that isn't really, that's not what we stand on. We weren't, you know, excuse my language, we weren't uh, coming up shaking our asses and our ancestors weren't teaching us how that we needed this gold chain and this gold grill and you ain't got this if you don't have a Balenciaga bag and all right. this other stuff. Like, that's so far from what the vision originally, where, where it originally started. And mm-hmm. so it is disappointing to now be here in 2020 and seeing that, like you said, people are just really selfish, to be completely honest. This is Culture Connect. Culture Connect. Culture Part two is on the way. Now stay tuned. The hottest female artist in Birmingham, Harmony, the Eastside Princess, new EP, Diary of an Eastside Princess, is now available on all streaming platforms, featuring the smash hits, No Sympathy, and Love Games. Can't get close to me. A chick like me won't let ya. My new nigga better. He treat me like I'm special.